0: Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome to this episode of the Noble Pursuit Podcast, hosted by your boy right here, in Spada, where you are taking the first step to becoming the best version of yourself. On today's episode, I am joined by none other than friend and colleague, Dom Cusa. Dom and I have a great chat on stoicism, mentorships, coaching, um, values, values that change, And Dom dives into um, his values changing from bodybuilding to family life and business and coaching and being a stable based financially for his family. Um, I think this is an incredible, incredible episode that goes into a lot and talks down to being selfless. And so that's what we dive into here. As you guys know, the podcast is brought to you by Morphage Nutrition. You guys can use code SPEDA you guys do enjoy this episode dom and i would appreciate it if you guys share your story tag both of us subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star rating and review Uh, i absolutely love doing these i'm starting to get back into it i'm starting to feel it again Um, i got some dope episodes coming so um, i don't want to waste any more of your time
1: And I feel special. I was one of the last, and I'm one of the first. <laughs> yeah, but well, we have a good relationship together.
0: That's true. That That's true. like, I mean, if one of the one of the people who's probably been like there and helped me a good bit throughout my coaching experience is just like kind of like how we converse in our DMs, like it just yeah. made sense, right? So, um, kind of give an intro to who you are um, and what you do, and then we'll we'll kind of get
1: into it. Um. If you don't know me, my name is Dominic <laughs> Uh I'm on Instagram as underscore Dom Puzza. I am a contest prep coach, I do lifestyle coaching as well. I mentor a lot of coaches, I'm on an education program. I am a soon-to-be business owner. A couple other businesses I'm opening to. So, yeah, a lot of fitness stuff. Uh, I do a couple things outside of fitness too, but the uh, majority of my work is done in fitness. I worked with uh, Matt Janssen, uh, Cam Janssen. Um, I you know, was blessed enough you know, to have that opportunity to work together alongside him. So uh, that's for a day, Dom.
0: How is it getting into business that's outside of like
1: the fitness realm? Honestly, it's refreshing. Of- yeah? Yeah, it's definitely yeah. refreshing. It's, uh, It's like you learn some different skills like you just learn some new avenues of you know business that you know like business is a huge thing in the fitness industry obviously and honestly it, people in the fitness industry and the worst business like it's, like it's probably one of the things that fitness people need to work on the most um, but like you know not dealing with people outside of fitness and just seeing like their business aspects and the way they operate and do things um it's honestly helped me a lot on my fitness end too, scalability and just systems and whatnot. So it's, it's refreshing for sure. Just like anything, you do something for a long time. It's nice to get your like your toes out of it for a little bit. Yeah. Do you think it's refreshing though? Cause it's not like,
0: like it's a hundred percent on you, but it's not like on you, if you know what I mean? Like in fitness and everything, it's like you have to get the results, right? Like you like.
1: well, Yeah. And I cool. think, I think like a huge thing with like stepping like getting into business outside of fitness fitness is if you're a coach specifically like fitness is directly on you like your time you have to be sitting there you have to be doing it when you're dealing with other some other businesses like outside of fitness like i'm completely hands off on some of these things like i don't even have to like show up if i don't want to right like and that's so different with what i've been doing for the last you know half no i mean almost a decade so like it's been it's been a real like cool it's been a cool shift honestly like i like it a lot
0: yeah and what trigger what triggered you getting into like other opportunities outside of that because i know because i know coaching for you has been pretty big and it's grown really rapidly for you so what made you kind of stem down like different paths
1: well you know we we look at like opportunity and like you know and I think uh having a kid uh was something that really kind of sparked that in me, was like I can't be, you know, working twelve hours a day at the computer for the rest of my life. Um mm-hmm. I need to get to a point where I have kind of where I can just like you know what, I ain't working today. I'm gonna go take Blake to a soccer game, right? Like yeah. I wanna be able to have that luxury. Um and that was a big driver of like Making sure that I started dabbling with things outside of fitness. Um, But also, like, you know, even other avenues of income, like people talk about, like, you know, you should have multiple streams of income. Um, But like, I I also think, you know, you could look at like what I do for coaching, right? Like, I coach competitors, I coach lifestyle, and I mentor, right? So that's like three streams of income within one business, right? Yeah. I offer three specific services. Then I have a, a gym opening, so that'll be a fourth. And then I have another thing opening, that'll be a fifth. And then working on another thing to be a sixth. So I like, see. you know, opening up avenues, but those other three don't really require me too much. Um, like how coaching does, right? Yeah, or it's very, mentoring, it's like I gotta, gotta sit there. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now you actually was gonna ask that. I was like, how how has your life actually changed since, since having your son, like in terms of things? Oh,
1: dude, tremendously. Yeah, it's the best thing in the world it's it's like there's honestly dude so right before i had him all my friends were telling my friends with kids um i have a ton of friends who aren't in the fitness industry like okay. some of my closest friends are not fitness people but it, you know just so, so like hearing life from their spectrum is different than talking to people that we're familiar with in our space um but like they were all telling me like man like you can't put into words, what it's like to have a kid. And I was you know, obviously, you can't understand that until you actually experience it. And Now, when I try to tell you what it's like, it's really hard to just find the words (laughs) for it, because it it really is something that's like, you know, it's a once in a lifetime kind of experience. Um, But now, like, your mindset changes, like, it's now like, like, yeah, like, you know, I'm married, and I have a wife, and you know, we've been married for this, we're going on four years, like you know that's a big commitment and everything but at the end of the day like my wife can take care of herself my son can't take care of himself right yeah so it's like now it's like this person is like fully dependent on you to be taken care of to be fed to be clothed to be sheltered right and that like really dude that was like that was like a shot of nitrous like in my tank like right when he was born because i was like i really make it like you know, I got to really push myself to to get us to a point where everything is really nice and comfortable.
0: Yeah. I think that's been like a thing that I've noticed with you as of late, like you've just been like rapidly moving, right? Like since since it seems like you've had Blake, like you've like, you just been like move after move, after move, after move. And is that kind of how you're approaching life now where you're like, I have like, you're kind of under a little bit of pressure to like make moves that you need to make now. Rather than like take time to let things kind of like settle out and see what happens.
1: Yeah, it it is for sure. It's like it's probably the biggest blessing and curse at the same time because, like, you know, I've been making some really rapid moves, been really aggressive with things, and like have seen a lot of success. Like, you know, like thank God. Um, But also, it's a curse because it does eat up a lot of time. Like. You know my mm-hmm. days are long or there's days i don't even see him because by the time i'm done working it's you know he's in bed asleep um but you know i it's something too i, I had to think about and like talk to like my dad and talk to like some of my older cousins and kids and they're like listen yes this is an important time but he's not going to remember you not being home right now get the work done now so that once he can remember those things you're present right um, yeah which you know, it made me start feeling a little less guilty about it. Um, but mm-hmm. I think it's also important too to to you know recognize that you know it's okay to do that right now for me. Um, but yeah, man, no, I've been moving really really fast lately.
0: And how does it how does it feel moving that like like how do you feel moving that fast in terms of everything? Because oh, I feel I like a lot of people can get times. Yeah, I was going to say a lot of people get overwhelmed when you're trying to make many different moves and many different plays at one time and trying to like balance all of that.
1: Yeah. So it it took a lot of like, it takes a lot of like scheduling. Like I live on my Google calendar. Like (laughs) if it is not on my Google calendar, I don't even know if it's happening or not. So like I have like, you know, my mentoring calls throughout the week and like those are obviously scheduled out ahead of time. Um, but then, like any empty space I have on a calendar, I fill it up. Like I'll drag it, open it, say, I'm going to do check ins during this time, or I'm going to do, you know, uh, I'm opening a gym. So, like, I have equipment meeting at this time, or I have, you know, POS system meeting at this time, like, whatever it is, and just block it out, block it out, block it out. And, like, my productivity is going through the roof because of that. Because when I see something like I'm supposed to be doing at that time, I'll actually sit there and do it. Like, you know, so with, if it's not written out there, you know, you might procrastinate you might push it back. But if it's on my calendar, as like a to do that day at that time, I'll, I'll make sure that I'm sitting there doing it.
0: Well, I think that's a big thing for a lot of people. Like when it comes down to it, I feel like if you don't live by like a schedule or at least like a routine, you're just going to be overwhelmed the whole time. Especially with that, yeah. like trying to balance six things for you in terms of that, like, you know, like there's always different clients and then you got your other businesses, like. Still trying to balance all that into one is still very, very like challenging in a way. And you would probably get overwhelmed yeah. pretty quickly if you didn't have that calendar.
1: No, I I would for sure. But like even that, like I just had to make sure that things got scheduled out perfectly. Like all my lifestyle clients like check in on one day, right? Majority of my mentoring calls are on one day. Right. My my clients like are in prep. Like they're on a schedule of checking in now. So like everything is scheduled so that I do have blocks of like, like Wednesdays, for example, are a day where I don't have much to do. It's a very like kind of open day. Like Mm -hmm. I I might have a call with like, Mike, Nicole and Jenna, and then like, we'll have a call. And that's it. Some days, that's the only thing I have. But then that allows me to put in the gym meetings, the you know, all the other like, things that I have to do, while saying, you know, regularly, like, you know, just in a good workflow. Yeah, definitely. So
0: kind of wanted to chat about that actually, like because you talked about your mentorship really, and I kind of want to bring that in. Um, how did you find like your passion within mentorship? Because I feel like it's come that's also come very recently, probably within what the last like year, year and a half. Um, how did that come to be like in terms of building that up? Um, and how do you feel kind of influencing so many coaches now doing that?
1: So a couple years ago, um I was a guest on Oh my God! What's the what is Scott McNaught Scott McNally's podcast? Blood was it? Blood, sweat, and gear. It, I wasn't on Blood, Sweat, and Gear. I was on the other one that he had. I mean, whatever. Anyway, so we they were, like eight, we were they had like eight million podcasts. <laughs> yeah, they had a bunch. They had a bunch. So I was a guest on that podcast, and he wanted to do a series, like a nutrition series or something. So we like yep. started the first one. And like I started going, right? I'm going, I'm going, and he stops the recording, and he's like, Don, no, I'm going to be honest with you, dude. This shit's over my head." And
0: yeah, I, and he's like,
1: maybe he's like, maybe we need to scale this back a little bit. And then, he, and then he said something to me that kind of always like sat in the back of my head. And um, he was like, uh, he's like, I could see you presenting, like in seminars and in front of people, and just the way you are. Like, I had just finished school at the time too, um, and you know when he said that to me, I was like, "Oh, damn, that's pretty cool that he thinks of me like that." Um, because like I wasn't nobody really knew who I was like when I did that podcast. Like, I know Scott is in Michigan; we live not too far away from each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, this was like yeah, a while yeah, ago. Or, this is
0: like a long time ago.
1: Oh, it, dude, this was before like this was like probably twenty twenty. 2019 oh yeah this is a good bit ago <laughs> yeah this is a long time ago um so yeah so he you know did that and then i was like okay that kind of planted a seed in my head and then fast forward all the way to last june um a, a, a company that i was working with um we had like an apprenticeship program yeah that we like kind of interviewed some coaches for and like brought some coaches on and uh we we did like a, you know, work under us kind of approach to things. And then uh, a lot of as education call every week. And I built out a lot of the modules for that. We did a lot of like education through that. And then that had some good success. And, you know, Mike was one of those coaches. Nicole was one of those coaches that came out of that. And then I had another guy just randomly text me on Instagram. And was like, Hey man, do you do any mentoring? And I was like, no, never thought of it. <laughs> and yeah, then he's yeah. like, he's like, I'd love to learn from you. I was like, dude, I don't even know what to charge you. And i oh. just like, Bro. and he's still with me to this day. And uh, we've been doing mentoring for a while now, me, him and I. And then I just got more and more inquiries about it and for it. And I was like, you know what? Like education was something that I always wanted to do. When I was doing my master's, I wanted to do my PhD and I wanted to teach. That's That was like essentially the goal um, yeah. when I was doing my exercise uh, phys master's. I wanted to teach it. Um, so I always had that passion for education. And then mentoring just kind of let me let me into that role. Um, you know, and then like, obviously our friends like Austin and Jeff and everyone does a really good job in training and educating. And I just uh, wanted to teach the things that I wanted to teach. And I think people really appreciate the, the stuff that I do talk about.
0: It's very much over everyone's head. <laughs>
1: Yeah.
0: I understand it, but for some people it could be over your head if you once you get into like the digestion aspects of it and everything like that with you. Cause you can go you can go on pretty quickly with that. <laughs> that got pretty deep. That one was probably the deepest thing I've ever learned on digestion. And I took it and I took a college course on on that. And you probably explained it way better than any college course did. Um That makes me happy. <laughs> hey. I'm actually mentored by all three of you. That's actually the funny part. No, that's funny. Hey,
1: you get a little taste of everybody. Yeah, just a little bit, you know, sprinkled. Yeah, I think that's a good. I think that's a good thing though, because like one of the things that I always tell like people is, why don't you learn from a lot of different people, and then take the aspects that resonate with you the most and apply them to your your coaching. Like my coaching is very like. I really like the way this guy did this. I like the way this guy does this. I like the way this guy did this. I like the way this book explained this and kind of just meshed it all together because I don't, you know, I don't think there's a one way fits all kind of thing. So I think that's a good way to learn. Like, you know, Jeff teaches things in one way. I teach things one way. Austin teaches things one way. Like nobody's wrong. It's no. just a different pathway to get to the same place most of the time. Um, and I think that just comes with like, Now let's throw your audience on top of that. Who are you working with? Maybe Austin's way is way better because of the people you work with. Maybe my way is better because of the people you, you know? So like, there's so many different ways. That's why like, um, that's why, like, I think that's why Jeff and I became pretty good friends is because like, we see that with each other pretty well. And um, we talk all the time, like about that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. I think it's, I think it's not even just learning like from other people too as well. I think it's just, you don't want to get stuck in one singular path, right? Because I think a lot of people, once you get stuck with like a mentor, I find that a lot of people stick with that mentor, especially in this industry and they continue just down like this one way narrow path. And then eventually like you have to unwire all the things that you actually wired up. And so That's where I was at, right? Because I was working with some people for a very long time here. And that's why I was like, okay, I need some different views. And that's why I signed up with you, right? Because it's just like, you, you reach all the demographics in a way in just like an easier understanding and like different strategies. And then that lightens you up over, okay, what can I actually apply here? So I think that's why a lot of people should do like as many courses with different people as possible, just because you're gonna, you're not gonna just see one single way and be like okay that's how you should do it or you don't like become mm-hmm. like a protocol coach in a way you know what i mean
1: yeah no i agree with you i definitely agree with you on that i think you know like for me like i learned a lot of stuff from uh i learned a lot of stuff from forums from you know actually like the first exposure i had like learning something from somebody was matt porter Matt Porter was uh like in coaching and everything and he was a big influence on a lot of the coaching stuff in the beginning for me. And then I learned a lot from like JP, um, Dr. Dean, um, Broderick. Uh, so like i learned a ton from it, a lot of different avenues, a lot of different places who were like some of them completely contradicted each other. But like yeah. at least it was it was good to see that because then I could see kind of like in practice what made more sense to do. And I think like you can get taught everything, but like application is application will like you know exceeds all
0: yeah i was going to say everyone has like the same basic under like underlying like foundation and then it's just how you branch off that into the application aspect of it like everyone has the same knowledge and then it's just applications very different in terms of things do you still listen to this you still listen to those jp there's jp videos when you train
1: hell yeah yeah, (laughs) dude i was listening (laughs) to one yesterday before i started bench pressing
0: (laughs) oh my oh you you regular bench pressing again
1: no no dumbbell pressing i can't bench press right now i I thought i tore my pec bench pressing
0: i wouldn't be surprised that's not that wouldn't be the first bodybuilder to do that no
1: no and i don't want to do that so i'm good
0: actually i wanted to actually i wanted to touch on your bodybuilding because i think i think now you're so well known as like a coach that a lot of people don't know that you were actually i mean you got shredded in your last show I mean, you and you and Cam have brought an insane package. Um, Can you talk about the decision kind of foregoing like your own selfish goal with bodybuilding to kind of become more selfless with things like especially because it seems like you were very in there with bodybuilding and then you and then you kind of left just to kind of dive more into the things that truly matter in life. And I don't think a lot of people understand this when it comes down to like fitness and health and that it doesn't need to be everything like you could still encompass it in your life without it mm-hmm. fully being all of it
1: yeah so my bodybuilding my bodybuilding like goals really changed uh after i had Blake um, because one it's very listen when, dude, when you have your first kid you're gonna be like you know the first month or two you're not sleeping like you know, nothing is regimented. It's everything you're trying to learn his routine or her routine. And it's just a lot. Like, so that kind of took a hit on like my training and eating and stuff. And which was expected. I kind of do that going into it. Um, And then after the fact, like, you know, I wanted to like, you know, I, I probably had a little bit of like, I don't want to say like a, I didn't have like a health scare, but I just had like a health realization and was like, yeah, I got some little kid that I got to kind of watch over and take care of right now. Like, I don't need to be slamming drugs right now. So, like, all at 22, I, I really, I, I don't even think I did, like, a true cycle. I probably, like, escalated my tests and periods here and there. But, like, I was pretty much on, like, a TRT dose of tests, majority of 2022. Um, and I got down to, like, 180-ish, just, like, naturally. Like, kind of yep. like point theory, I guess you could call it. Um, my body just kind of likes being around there. Um, but I was still training. I was still pretty strong, and, and then like you know, then I started getting a little bit more, uh, a little bit more out there, in, like social media and like with coaching and doing really well with clients and you know having really good finishes. And then the gym business was uh 100% go. And I was like, yeah, I'm like all right, I think I need to get back to a little bit more of looking the part again, and starting walk like you know. Start walking the walk again um, because that it just helps. Like, my clients really like seeing me train, they like really seeing me do the things that they're doing. So, then I got back on the horse a little bit, but nothing like I have ever done in the past. Competitive bodybuilding, I don't think will happen again for me. Um, like, if you ask me, Are you going to compete again right now? To be honest, I have no idea. With like the gym opening and other projects going, like it, I don't see it being a necessary future for me right now. Um, mm-hmm. But I think a lot of that has to do with like the shift in my values, right? Like I posted this the other day, like you got to everyone needs like visions are completely different than goals. Like everyone needs a vision. Right. So like, where is Anthony sitting in three years? Like, you know, talk to yourself in the first person, right? I'm sitting at doing blah, 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 doing blah, 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 blah right? Um, and, and your values shift as you as you Your values shift as you go through paradigms and life changes, right? Yeah. We all have these big paradigm shifts that happen in our life, right? It happens in society, even. Like, and and having a kid, getting married, doing things like that are really big paradigm shifts in your life. Yeah. And your values change when that happens, right? The things that you value, right? And that was a big thing. My values shifted a lot, and like, you know, becoming an IFBB pro was not on the value list anymore um, because now I had a lot more important things that needed to be handled and taken care of. And really it doesn't even fit my vision too much at this point. Um, to be, do you think to be, that, do, like, you think some people,
0: do you think some people struggle with that when they get those paradigm shifts to actually change yeah, for sure. who they, who they are? And like,
1: they have a it's, it is hard, it's hard to change like your identity, right? Like, I got back into using some PEDs again, and I got back into like training pretty heavy and hard again. And like, um, when I recognized that, like, that was probably all I needed to like keep the identity of training, right? It's enough for me right now. Competing is really not my identity. Um, Mm -hmm. it never was like I got into competing because of how much I loved training and how much I loved like, you know, taking the physique to different levels, not so much because I actually liked competing. But, um, dude, I had this conversation with people all the time who are like trying to become coaches, but who are like competitive athletes at the same time. And they're like, well, I don't want to sacrifice like my training, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, you are not going to, if you're trying to, if you're, if you're in the middle and you got one thing here, one thing here, and you're trying to pull yourself in both. Guess what? you're staying in the middle. You're not moving. Yeah. Right? And, and I think that's a thing that a lot of people have a hard time, like really coming to understanding with and really saying okay maybe this isn't the time for me to be competing right now um i see it all the time dude you know how many times i've had to like lecture people like dude you need to focus on your money you need to focus on you know things at home like why are you competing right now like this is just like not conducive to your life
0: do you think it do you think they do you think they're always stuck on competing because literally bodybuilding is their only identity
1: yeah they don't have any hobbies yeah. I think, I think everybody needs, ho- I think everybody needs hobbies outside of fitness. Like if you're in the fitness industry, I think mean, you need a hobby outside of fitness to let you disconnect and detach from fitness.
0: Yeah. I, I think so. Like it's, I find you get the most progress out of that. Like when you can actually like detach away and you're not thinking about it, like to truly be honest, I've like, in my opinion, bodybuilding is not hard, <laughs>
1: Like, that's just
0: my, that's just my opinion. I think everyone makes it seem like it's way harder than it actually is to do. I'm like, I'm like, it's really, I I totally agree with you. I
1: don't think it's that hard. Like, (laughs) if you really want to make sure you're doing everything, dude, you eat your meals, you go to the gym, like bodybuilding should take like a fraction of your day and the rest of your day should be productive with something different or doing something different or having a hobby, right? Or, you know, I think, uh, I think the less you put all your eggs into bodybuilding, the better bodybuilder you end up becoming. Um, Just because you're able to disconnect from that. Like a lot of people like chase bodybuilding in a way of like, they want to be, you know, they want to be sponsored. They want to be making money. They want to be doing all this stuff with bodybuilding that if they sacrifice too much of their normal, like work life and career life and all that, well you might not even have the money to continue to do the things you need to do in bodybuilding to even get there. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and I think That's where some people, that's where some people miss the ball.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm finding just like, like myself, like seeing some people, like I coach a lot of the younger, like the younger gen too, like people, my age are like a little bit less than me and I'm trying to instill in them. Like, like they get so worried. Like if they have to take like a few weeks off the gym, I'm like, go, go do like, like I see them all the time. Like I take note over what some of my athletes do. I'm like, go get into like your photography thing that you're doing. Like go actually like enjoy that shit because I'm like, you really, it's a pipe dream to think that you're going to get to where, where you ultimately want to get to. It's great to have that goal there to push you to go that far, but I'm like, it's a one in a million shot here. Like the like you have to have everything lined up perfectly for it to actually happen. And so, I think it's just like so many people get wrapped up in that in that pipe dream of it working that they just don't and they don't have fun with life either. I feel like life's just miserable in my opinion when you just fully focus on bodybuilding whatsoever.
1: yeah, your life gets miserable and like you don't enjoy bodybuilding like even the bodybuilding thing starts to not get fun I, I always i mean I've always said you want to be a really good bodybuilder, you need to just make sure you're having fun during during your bodybuilding like you know, make sure that you're enjoying what you're doing, right. Enjoying your training, enjoying, you know, everything you can. Like, even if that means that I have to like, maybe put a movement or two in a plan where like, I could probably put a different one that might be better, but they enjoy this one more. Guess what? I rather have them enjoy the training a little bit more because they're probably going to, they're probably going to see more progress because it's just enjoyment for them. Mm
0: -hmm. And, now going back to that kind of like that paradigm and that shifting, how do you think people could go could go about that doing better, or what what helped you kind of get through that um, in terms of like that shift in that identity um, through and through?
1: Well, I think I think you need to reassess your values every six months to a year. Like, what are the things that you really enjoy, right? What what are the things you like spending money on? What are the things that you like, you know, watching? What are things you like learning? You know, uh, what are, you know, what are family things that you enjoy? Like, you know, going through that and really like laying out your values every, you know, year to a year will probably keep you in a little bit more of a present mindset so that you can recognize like... Am I doing, am I not valuing something I should be valuing right now? Or am I valuing something too much that I, you know, could value something different a little bit more? Like, and I think, I think it's a good reality check because like, what I like to do is like those values all answer like three to each one. Mm-hmm. And like those three, they change. Like yeah. they really do change as like time goes on, dude. Um, and if they're not, you know, you might sit there and write those values down and you might look at it one day and be like, man, should I really be focusing on this, this much right now? Like just seeing it could probably help you kind of recognize like what you need to change.
0: I feel like, I feel like that's the hardest part to what you're, what you're asking someone to do here, right? Because you're you're asking someone to literally face. They're like, and I think this is why people don't do this here and why they stick to the same values over and over and over again and they don't actually change with times um, because they're afraid of like what they're going to have to let go of in return to become like the next level that they could be. Because if you don't change your values, I feel like you just stay at that same level. Like There's no base. You, like, you just stay at that base. Like There's no going up the elevator to who you possibly could be throughout it.
1: Dude, you got and- pu- to pull an arrow back. You yeah. have to shoot it forward, right? So if you have to take a step back and reassess and come to that reality check, guess what? You're probably going to propel yourself pretty fast forward. Was,
0: was, it a hard, was it a hard realization to come to at that time? I don't know if it was because you kind of had like that health scare and your son around the same time. Was it still really hard to kind of be like, okay, competitive bodybuilding is probably done. Like, in all, like, like after that show, just seeing where you were and how you did, was it still tough to kind of be like, fuck, I would love to give it one more go eventually, but it's probably done.
1: Honestly, no, man, it's not hard for me. Like, I didn't really have a health scare. Um, yeah. I had, like, uh, A1C was, like, oh. too oh. high. Like yeah. it, was, it was a bit too high. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like... <laughs> It was like, eh, I probably need to slow down a little bit here. So and that was like, that was the one thing that kind of was like, we eh, should ease up a little bit on this gaining weight thing. <laughs> and, uh, but like, that was the main, that was the main reason. But, uh, but no, man, it's not like hard for me to do that. Like if all my like things were like in a good area and a good place right now, like to where like I could confidently say like, you know, I could still do all the work I'm doing right now at three weeks out like I'd probably do it, but like if I don't have to do it, I don't really like, it's okay. Like I, it's not a difficult thing for me.
0: Like you enjoy, you just enjoy the training. Like, like if there's one Maybe thing
1: just that we, yeah, I'm just I would rather just be it, strong dude. as fuck.
0: I would rather just be strong as fuck and look good.
1: Like, dude, I wanna be, be strong, and I want to be functional. Like, you know, I want to be able to like run around with my kid in the yard, but I also yeah. want to be able to deadlift 500 pounds. Right. Like, You know, those are, that's kind of like what my training has been really focused on a lot.
0: So what you're saying is you're turning into a CrossFitter. That's what you're doing. (laughs) Never,
1: never, (laughs) never, ever,
0: never, ever. (laughs) Well, next, next time, next time you post a gym video, you're going to be doing uh, some kips. You're going to be doing some kip pull-ups. Some kips and snatches and stuff? (laughs) No. (laughs) I've been trying to get, I'm trying to get dad, uh, Tom to, Tom to be the same way. I want him to be functional.
1: Dude, Tom's a beast.
0: Yeah. My dude, I gotta shout out Tom. Tom is Tom is my dude. He got shredded. You got him we're coming absolutely got him. Cool. We're
1: coming for the dad bod. Summer, yeah, summer no. 23K.
0: I'm I'm gonna call him out on this podcast because he deserves to be called out. I've been waiting to see what his side leg looks like because I know what it looks like because I've seen it in person when he shred it and he won't show it. And I'm like, show the damn side leg because his quads are definitely stripped as fuck. <laughs>
1: right now oh i bet like, he wears basketball shorts when he checks in with me
0: yeah i know he sends me he sends me the check and that he sent you, and i'm like dog i just want to see one side chest shot just give me one side shot that's it and then we're good
1: you know i'm gonna on friday when he checks in i'm gonna send him an email and be like hey man you're gonna start t- sending bodybuilding poses <laughs> we're done with these we're done with these shorts <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're gonna get you with some we're gonna get you some bodybuilding trunks step on stage you're about four weeks out we're good Time to rock and roll. <laughs> exactly. Now, now I know you talked about a paradigm shift, and I think a big one for you was obviously kind of leaving school and going down that path as a coach. Like, yeah, how hard was it to sit down and kind of have that? I guess even I guess this is kind of like the value conversation. To have that value conversation, or something that you know people dedicate a lot of their time towards when it comes down to school, like what was it, what did you do, like 20-something years then in school at that point, probably?
1: Um, Yeah, what is it, like 13 years of school, like, is what, kindergarten to senior year of high school, and then seven years of college, yeah, 20 years. Like,
0: how hard was it to sit down and have that internal conversation and be like,
1: okay, I either
0: have two routes I can go, and I need to pick now with it?
1: So, when I... So I was getting ready to go to dental school. That mm-hmm. was the plan. I yep. finished my bachelor's, took my DATs, the dental admissions test, and uh, submitted applications. I got an interview at a school. Got waitlisted at that school. Talked to some people who like worked there. They said, "Apply again next year. You'll get accepted." And I was like, "Okay." So I ended up i ended up reapplying the following year and then that all you know went through and everything and kind of before it all i was like you know i just don't want to do this i was like i was working as a dental assistant um exactly. as a dental office yeah and i was like i could not see myself doing this every day mm-hmm. like the, the this the dentist i worked with like i was like this dude is miserable like i could not do this like to think that I would do this for the rest of my life, like there's no way. Yeah, you know? how did you and, come? To, how did you
0: come to that decision to even like go to like? How did that even come about to even go? Dude, to I just
1: hated. I just hated the job so much that I couldn't wait every day for the day to be done so I could go to the gym after. Um, even when I was working as a dental assistant, like if anybody's going to listen to this and they are a dental assistant, like you do a lot of mouth work, like you work in the mouth with the patient a lot. Like you assist the dentist with everything, every procedure. And so like, yeah, I'm not doing the procedure, but I'm still in the mouth handing tools to him or suctioning or doing something also. Mm -hmm. But like when I was like, there's no way I can't do this stuff every day. Like, you know, that's a, that's a crazy, crazy, you know, thing to do.
0: Well, how did you even come? How did you, how did you come to the conclusion though, to go to dental school in the first place? Like, what made you want to become a dentist?
1: (laughs) My godfather was a dentist, uh, and he owned, like, a chain of dental offices. So it was kind of like, you know, here's an in.
0: So it's kind of like you're doing something. So it's kind of like that thing, like, a lot of people do, right? Like, they go, and this is something that I recognize, too. Like, you go through a whole process just to find out that you're doing something that someone else really wanted you to do in a way.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what it was like. Um, But that's huge. Like in the Arab culture, like, yeah, we we're very like, like, um, we're very like free told what to do. Um, Like, you know, you go to school, become a lawyer, dentist, doctor, Like you you know, pharmacist, girls become MPs or PAs, like, it's just like a thing, like, it's Mm -hmm. just an expectation of like our culture. In, in our community. And like, it's changed. It's changed over the last, like, I would say over the last generation, it's changed. Um But mm-hmm. for a while, that's how it was. So like, it was always like an expectation that you were just going to do those things. So like, I had an option of like, you're either becoming a lawyer, doctor or dentist, right? It was like, pretty much like, those are the things you should be looking at doing. And um so like, when I decided not to do it. Like, I had like, my older cousins, like, calling me and like, you okay man like is everything all right like you know <laughs> I mean uh, it was kind of funny but uh. I was going to ask is that
0: actually just that actually is that hard for you facing that like that traditional expectation especially within the culture that you are that it's very rooted in that was it very hard to kind of have that conversation like with your parents or something like that that you were kind of going against oh. the grain a little bit
1: no, it wasn't too hard with my parents because they were like pretty, pretty open to it. Um okay. they had the feeling like they kind of had an like they kind of, they could see it coming, you know. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was probably harder to have with like some of my older cousins and stuff who like reached out to me and like just was like really making sure like you know I was making the right decision and like are you sure you're willing to give up the security of having a job as a dentist and stuff like that? And I was like, yeah, like you know. I don't this is I just couldn't do this like there's no way I could do this for the rest of my life. Um but that was like a big thing for me like sitting down and thinking about it cuz I was like I love fitness. I love I couldn't wait to go to the gym once the day of work was over. Like I didn't care to study for my DAT that much. Like you know, I I have a low learning curve. It doesn't take me much to learn. But it didn't take me a long time to learn something. So yeah. like I was like I didn't really care to learn, study too much. So like You know, I didn't put all my effort into all that stuff. And that should have been my first red flag, like, you know, looking back at things. So then I decided, like, you know, I'll just pursue this fitness stuff. And my now wife uh, was we were dating at the time when I decided all this. And she was like, "Uh, so what are you going to do? I was like, I don't know. I'm just going to kind of figure it out. (laughs) Like and then I started coaching. No, I, I didn't start coaching. I'm sorry. I went and did my master's in exercise um, okay. science and specialized in physiology. And, uh, in school I became a personal trainer and then I was a personal trainer going to school and then online coaching started while I was a personal trainer. And I had to make a huge decision during that too. Like, uh, I was doing, I was doing pretty well as a personal trainer. Like I was doing like 40 to almost 50 hours of training a week. um, <laughs> And I was making pretty good money doing that. But then I saw the I saw the outlet online coaching was starting to get. And then I was starting to make like double the amount online that I was making in person some months. And I was like, all right, like maybe this was just a really good month. Let's give it a little bit more time. Let's see how consistent this is. And just it then <laughs> yeah, it just kept ticking up Yeah, just kept ticking up and staying consistent and then I made a decision to leave personal training. I was like, I can't focus I go, this has too much exponential growth for me to not focus on right now, right? I can I can take the pay cut of not receiving the gym anymore and be okay with the money I'm making online and just focus on online and really getting it to grow.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people need to see that too, though, when you have that, when you have that kind of like light bulb moment there and you're like, okay, I could see where it's trending to, and you have to make that choice. Like, I feel like a lot of people just stick with it. like they want to play it safe and kind of manage both. But then they leave. Like, like you full on passion allowed it to rise, like with it. And you, then you could probably, I bet you enjoyed the gym a lot more because you weren't in it all the time too.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I did. Like, dude, I couldn't even. I don't know if you ever you ever worked as uh as a personal trainer or anything, but like I didn't train at the gym that I worked at because I just couldn't stay there any longer.
0: So one thing I wish I did actually, I wish I actually did personal train
1: for a little. I bit. I will say I think it has a lot of really good benefits. Like one thing it really helped me with was like you, you learn people. Like you learn people have real life problems and real life issues. I've always told people like the best online coaches are ones that were personal trainers, just because they can recognize that people aren't robots.
0: Yeah, I I find you can be like I feel like. I've been successful at it so far because like just from like what I've been through as a person and I've been able to relate to people kind of through it. And I haven't been. Yeah. You're a
1: personal to- person
0: though.
1: A lot yeah. of coaches aren't.
0: No. <laughs> it's really funny. I don't think a lot of people, and they don't give athletes slack and that actually causes like progressions to fall. I find so, I mean, that's, a, that's a whole nother discussion for another day. Um, but how crucial was um, Dina to be, Kind of through that whole process, like having her have your back, especially when you made that choice. Like, oh, I mean, that, like freaking out. Probably like,
1: I probably <laughs> wouldn't have done it. Like, she she had told me like um, after I told her, she was like, "I've been waiting for you to tell me this," and I was like, well, <laughs> "You know, at least, <laughs> at least I know that like you know me, right?" And she was, you know, she was really open to it. I think part of the reason why too, though, is like her brother, my brother-in-law, is a mm-hmm. very, very successful um, jujitsu competitor and jujitsu okay. coach. Um, he's actually ninth in the world right now, pound for pound, in the and holy, yeah, no. So he's that's sick. Uh, he's a extremely successful jujitsu competitor. He owns a really big school here in Michigan, um, and uh, so she probably she probably like understood it a bit more because of him like mm-hmm. the non-traditional like paths and things like that um, So she saw that like if somebody is passionate about something enough like they can make it really successful um and now you know fast forward to where we're at and
0: do you think that's a do you think that's a problem with a lot of things in today's society too is that a lot of people just aren't passionate about what they do and a lot of
1: people lack passion man. A lot How of so? people lack passion. I just think a lot of people just. I think like, I mean a quote, I think a lot of people are stuck in the matrix. Like they're just stuck in like the society system of like you go to work, you go get a job, you go get a loan, you go get student debt, you go get a house, you get a mortgage, you, can, you work on a negative balance income every month.
0: Yeah, and you work until you're 65, and then you can retire on a small check, right?
1: And I that's think, it. Yeah, and I think. I think that's, I think, I think that keeps people far away from finding passion because, you know, I think society kind of is programmed almost to think that having passions is not okay. Like, because it takes away from the things you should be doing.
0: I think also, you know, I think also what steers people away probably is also, is not just that. I think it's the time aspect too that goes behind it. Because I, well, yeah. at least if you're passionate about it, I think you can progress pretty quickly with it, but it still takes plenty of time. Like, how long did it take you to go from, to go, to go full time coach, like from starting coaching to full time?
1: Starting coaching to full time? Yeah. Six months.
0: <laughs> oh, that's pretty quick.
1: <laughs> but you started yeah. training. So how
0: so how far between in person training? Okay, so and here
1: starting personal training to when I was online full time. Yeah, was about two and a half years.
0: Still, a lot of people. A lot of people will get. I feel like that's like the cutoff point for a lot of people. Like there's like a big. Yeah. I feel like I feel like you get to a crossroad there where you're like, okay, do I keep going or do I just quit and take take that check that I get? and call it, and call it. And I feel like every single person gets to that point. And I don't know whether it's like, and that could be something like college, like for all that people, I think people underestimate what you could do at like 18, if you truly just put what, and you actually like worked like a side job while investing into what you wanted to do. Um, But I find that there's always that cutoff point there. And that's usually the point to where you're about to see success and life kind of tests you that little bit extra to see if you'll you'll continue to move forward.
1: And dude, I think some of those tests are probably like a real testament to like a person's resilience to how much their how important their passion actually is to them.
0: It's actually why I'm it's actually why I'm restarting this. Because my my big passion was my podcast. Like I coach, I love coaching. That's my other passion. And I'm fortunate enough that they both kind of collide together in a way. Um, but I mean, like I drew close to 200,000 downloads in three years, three and a half years of doing it, like, That's crazy. you know, like, so it's so, and then I kind of just, I chased after something that just, and I kind of gave up on it after a while, kind of lost the flame after like 200 episodes or something. And I was like, I'm done. But now I'm like, nah, this is, this is really what I like to do. Like, and i like to have like these conversations and be able to dig deep into people. Because like you already mentioned, I'm a people person. Like there's one big thing that I can do, it's connect with anyone at any point in time. So like, I'm even a testament of what you just said to where test someone's resilience. And I think people can get it back. Like there's always that chance, there's always that opportunity to ignite it again if they're willing to actually run that risk. But I think it's harder, especially if it was someone like in your circumstance now, Where they have like a kid, and they have, and they have many different things going on, and trying to pay off like student loans and stuff like that. I think that's where a lot of people get caught up in it.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Um, I think the people. I think you can definitely get it back for sure. I mean, Nicole, one of the coaches that works with me, like, or or worked with me when I was on the team. He uh, was an online coach for a little bit, stopped completely, and then came back. Did coaching when we did like the program of the apprentice thing and had zero clients when she started and now she's you know I think like in the 30s or 40s now like That's pretty good she like was online coaching completely stopped and then got it you know back up so but I think you're right I think I think there is a time I think there is a time aspect to some people. Especially depending on like parts of their life, you know, like I was uh like, you know, it probably wouldn't be as easy for me as it might've been somebody else that doesn't have much else going on or other people to rely on, like depend on and stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why, I think that's why I got back into it. Cause look at, I mean, we have two different scenarios, right? Um, am I'm single living in Bumblefuck, Ohio now. (laughs) So I got nothing. I got no one else to worry about. I got nothing else to really kind of take care of except for myself. Right. And that when you're a bodybuilder, that's actually pretty cheap to actually do. (laughs) when if you know how to budget correctly. Yeah, Uh, for sure. And then I kind of wanted to get into a big into a big topic, which we've we've both had great conversations on. Stoic principles. I think this is a big way that you live, and I know you got a few tattoos recently that kind of symbolize those. Um, yeah. Can you kind of explain like getting into that and like how you got into it and like why um, you got into um, like the stoic, the stoicism type type realm?
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, the big the big one was when I started or when I read Meditations um, by Marcus Aurelius, but like the you know. obviously not his actual (laughs) 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 Ryan's uh, Ryan's depiction of it but um, Meditations was a good book to read and listen to just because it you know it had a what I like about Stoicism Stoicism and just Stoics in general and the lifestyle is um, it's the hard truths that you should be recognizing Um, it's the things that you don't want to hear but they're told to you anyways and I think that's Mm -hmm. a huge thing Stoicism like allows you to develop as a person and a lot of it just makes sense like you know especially like you know they have a huge focus on um only focusing on the present time right? letting go of your past not focusing on the future and i think that's like you know that's a big one that i really like about um, stoicism because i think mean, i think that's where like a lot of people get too caught up in like and that's why i think a lot of people don't progress in life and anything they don't let like, go of their past and they focus too much on their future. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, with just the belief system of it all, like, I mean, you know, control of your emotions, like really there's only a few things you can control, right? You can't, yep. you can control your thoughts, you can control your actions, right? You can't control a ton of stuff. Um, I think that's helped me as a coach too. One of my, um, mentoring lessons in uh, communication is uh, emotions dictate reactions and when you're talking to a client you never react to a client you need to be you need to be logical with a client right so if i'm ever getting emotional in a conversation with a client and maybe we're just kind of going back and forth or something i'll step away from it completely i might not answer for a couple hours or something just because like i know i'm just going to react right i'm not going to respond the way i'm supposed to be responding Especially as a coach, because like we have such a we have such a big impact on our athletes. Like mm-hmm. they look at us as an authority, even if I'm ten years younger than them. Right, I'm still coach to them. Right, so for me to have like a an emotional reaction to them, that could be a pretty nasty thing for them to experience. And you know, I think that's why some coaches lose clients based on that kind of stuff. And I think that's one thing that Stoicism really preaches is like you should be making decisions and communication based on logic, not based on your emotion, um, because you control your emotion, you control your thoughts, you control your actions. And I really like that. And um, I have tattooed on me amor fati, which means love your fate. Um, so whatever your fate is at that moment in time, just love it, accept it and just move on with it. Because guess yeah. what? You can't change anything. Right, you got dealt these cards, so play with them. You See, know that's See, every. Single,
0: yeah, every single day I write. I write. um It was a big one, and I think it was in. It was in Ryan Holiday's book. It wasn't stillness is the key. It was the one. It was obstacles away. Um, he talks about amorfati and he talks and he um, says like, if it if it happened, it was meant to happen, and you'll make the best of it. And I, yeah. that's like that's something that I reiterate over to all my to like anyone I talk to. Really, like when it comes down to things, like I've realized like people get stressed over so much here. And I'm just like, like the way that I take things now with athletes or anything or whatever conversations I'm having and people are just stressed out. I'm like, it's just it's just it's just that like I could make a bigger deal out of it, but it's not worth it to make the bigger well, deal. The just like I, an and move
1: forward. I think that's another thing like stoicism really teaches a good, good, good way of like. Why waste energy on things you have no control over, right? Because you're just dumping a lot of energy into things that you can't change, right? There's nothing you can do about that, right? If something happened, you can't reverse it from happening. It already happened, right? So why focus and why dump so much energy and stress into something that just isn't existent anymore? Um, Because I I think that's what, you know, I think that's what ruins a lot of like progression for people career-wise too is a big reason why a lot of people don't see any progress because they're not willing to let go they're not willing to they're they're too focused on their future um you know they're not focused on the present stuff they need to be dealing with during that day you know like I had a client reach out to me earlier and uh she was like yeah I'm just overwhelmed I'm just too focused on the future and like you know just kind of talk to her about grounding herself right exercise yeah, grounding yourself is like being really, really surrounded by your senses at that time. Cause that'll really bring you back into that present moment so that you kind of slow down a little bit more. Like for me, like, I mean, you earlier we were talking about like how fast pace I'm moving, right? Like I'm moving really fast pace with a lot of different things and doing a lot of different things. But like for me, I always can bring myself back to center if I need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, just cause you know, I can, it's something, I mean, it took me a long time to be able to do. And I still have my days where I do get overwhelmed and stuff, but it's a lot less frequent now.
0: Yeah, I think one of the big things is recognizing, even with stoicism, one thing I've taken is, it's okay to feel that overwhelmingness as long as you come mm-hmm. back to it, as long as you come back to where you're at. And I think why you're moving fast pace, if if I can actually like think about this, is because I bet you're ticking off boxes each day, and it kind of just goes like that. Like, it's not like, like, you're not thinking about what you have to do tomorrow. Like, there's a list of what you have to do today, and you just tick those boxes off. And then it just, like, consistently adds up, like, over time. Whereas, so many people are like, okay, what do I got to do tomorrow? And they're thinking about it at, like, noon the day before. And I'm like, you still have half the day to freaking work. And I think that also goes into why you're moving so fast-paced, too. Because one of the biggest stoic principles that talks about is you only have today. Right, like you're not guaranteed tomorrow so like you better make the most of it today which is why like if i'm in my zone i'm working until like 10 o'clock at night like like if i'm like if i'm feeling it there's there's no chance of going to bed before 10
1: <laughs> like whatsoever yeah.
0: because like you only get i
1: mean like memento more man like you you only you know you're you're gonna die eventually and how do you want to be remembered when you die I think that's a huge, what kind of impact are you looking to make is a huge thing that I really, that's one thing I really like. And that's how I kind of like, that's kind of how I've depicted Memento Mori for me um, is more so like, what what do I want to be remembered by when I die?
0: I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you, how do you view death now? Because it seems, because that's what I was actually going to ask. I was like, let's discuss Memento Mori or how you see it. I think that's really interesting because a lot of people are,
1: I I mean, I think like, obviously there's nothing like, I mean, I don't know. Death is obviously like a touchy subject, you know, because I could sit here and say like, Oh, it's just a part of life. but Obviously if somebody really close to me died, I'd be pretty sad about it. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think, uh, I think like, you know, to just, you know, read those words and try to understand those words. I think the biggest thing about that is, just recognizing that you don't have all the time in the world to do everything you want to do. Right. I think that's one thing a lot of people forget. And, you know, a lot of people think like, Oh, I'm just 25 years old. Like I don't need to be at a certain point in my life. Hey, yes, I agree with that. You don't need to be at, you know, but that's not an excuse to not be working or working towards something. Right. Don't procrastinate because of an age thing. I think, uh I think that's what like Memento Mori can kind of help people understand. Like you don't have all the time in the world to do something. And yeah. in my opinion, I think impact is more important than hype. Listen, man, if I have more impact than I do Instagram followers, I will be happy the day I die. Like, I don't, I don't care about fame. I don't care. But with impact comes attention. And the more impact you make, though, I think that's just more, I think that just more, uh that's more important. I think, for me, at least, like, it's always been impact over hype. I've always said that. Um, and I think, you know, that's my mentorship, my coaching. you ex- your t- an experience with me. I want it to be impactful. I want it to make waves so that you carry that on to somebody else down the road. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's, I mean, the way I kind of live now is, like, just, like, the relationships I cultivate, like, in terms of things. Like, that's, like, the big thing for me in, in the way that I live. Like, you only have 80 years, you may as well go say yes and make some fucking memories to things. Like, I feel like, yeah. I feel like a lot of people, a lot of people just say no, especially this is, this is, this is exactly what we were talking about in the beginning with their bodybuilders. I was like, go say yes to doing something that's outside of it because you're going to get there at like 35, 40 years old and you're going to be like, why the fuck did I waste my 20s saying no to these things? And like, you don't have time, you don't have time to catch up. Um, and that's obviously yeah. the biggest thing that I, that's one of the biggest things I took away from stoicism too, is just like, you're not, you're not immortal. Like that was one of the big ones that really stuck with me right away. Like was them discussing you live life as if you're immortal, yet you only have so much time left to actually actually live and experience. uh, uh, experience.
1: I, I like that a lot too. And another, another one that actually just came to mind that I really like is Critiques and how Stoics are how are how are you supposed to receive a critique? Um, And I think like that's something in in a coaching scene is huge because when an athlete doesn't do well, we're the first person they point the finger at, right? Oh, my coach fucked up. My coach did this. My coach did that, right? Yeah. Like I think like like what Stoics believe at least like when you receive a critique or you know, a fake comment or whatever, you're supposed to look at the person that's saying it and you're supposed to do a couple things. And one of the major things you're supposed to do is assess whether there's any truth to it, right? Is it a very emotional driven comment or are they speaking truth to it, right? And you're, you're the one who's going to be able to answer that truthfully, right? It's either a yes mm-hmm. or no question. Yep. Um, and, you know, depending on how you answer that, is going to literally line you up on how you're supposed to take that. If there's no truth to a critique, why are you even wasting time thinking about it? Like, don't even think about it, right? i receive a lot of hate, dude. Or at least I did. I don't know if I still do, but like I did. And like, it was never, any of it would never, was any of it ever true? Never. And it never, it, it stopped bothering me once I realized that.
0: I'm I not- feel, I, I mean, that's just another thing of like, I don't even know why you waste the energy on hating on someone. like. Like yeah, you know, just, just
1: move, just move
0: me. on, right? Like just 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 go do something else. <laughs> you can use that time way more wisely. Like someone someone commented a few weeks ago on one of my posts on Instagram and they talked about how red my face was. <laughs> and I was like, You're really leaving this comment to discuss this. <laughs> and I was like, and it was so funny. I just like laughed. I was like, Yeah, I'm just yeah, gonna I mean, be i I'm just I, I I was just like I'm just gonna let this be. Like I didn't even respond myself. Like whatsoever, I was like, it's not even worth it. I was like, I'm just no, going to keep this comment here and just not respond because it's the best way. And so I think, I mean, I think a lot of people could really benefit from stoicism and learning and learning this path here because it's really helped me over the last like six, seven months to really just come down and really see what's actually important in life. And it helps you get yourself in order pretty quickly. Like when it comes, like if you if you could be more grounded and be less about the future and the past, you will recognize how much more you could possibly do with your day and everything than you than you ever will. And you'll actually yeah. start to be productive in society.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, a lot of people waste their time every day focusing on the day before or the day after. And they, they don't even recognize all the things they need to be doing the day of.
0: Mm-hmm. And it also helps you take note of like the habits that aren't putting you in the right place either. Like yeah, it yeah. really calls you out pretty quickly. Uh, so I recommend everybody go read Ryan Holiday's books at least to start, and then and then go read meditations,
1: or it's even just difficult. listen to a YouTube video. Like or listen, top, that's Ryan. Like you know the top five principles of stoicism and how it can help you with your life. Like I think it's. Yeah, huge. I, listen to, like, I listen to an
0: hour. I listened to an hour one. It's like how to defeat negative thinking or something like that for people if they want to go listen to this. It's only like an hour of just stoic quotes. Like the whole yeah. time, like this guy – and some of those guys have really great like like voices. old school like Roman voices. And you're like, yeah. yeah, I feel charged as fuck to listen to this shit. <laughs> and I went like all old school, bro. I'd be like writing a journal and i write like which one's my favorite quote for the day. And I literally would have like a candle lit and it would just be dark out because I wake up at like 5 o'clock in the morning and there'd be no light. And you're just like, yeah, I feel like I'm so badass right now.
1: <laughs> so you can run into the Coliseum. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bro, that's what I'm trying to do. I it's it's so cool. It's so cool now going back and and watching like Gladiator or something, and oh, they yeah. just quote you know, it. Like, you're know, like, yeah. You're like, yes. Marcus Aurelius is like, there. Yeah, you're like, nice. I I know that one. You're, in the-
1: <laughs> but. That's uh, so funny.
0: Bro, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you being the uh, first guest on the new Thank podcast. Thank you for
1: Having me, dude. Um,
0: I do have the last three questions for everyone here. Um, so bang those out right before you head out here. Uh one, what should people take away from from this episode?
1: Uh you need to reassess your values and where you want to be in your life. I think that is something that people could really benefit from just sitting down and really recognizing what they want in life. Uh, I suggest, you know, reading or listening to some sort of stoic, uh, you know, playlist, YouTube video or something just to help you kind of grasp on, you know, kind of what we were talking about if you're not familiar with it. And uh, third is you uh, you probably shouldn't you probably shouldn't be too focused on what happened yesterday and be more focused on what's happening today.
0: Awesome. Next like this kind of leads into reading or listening to. What three books do you think people should three books or podcasts that you think people should read or
1: listen to? Your next five moves by Patrick Davis um level up by mark coles and you can pick any ryan holiday book
0: awesome and then last one uh just like your own little it's your time to shine your 15 seconds of fame here where can people find you
1: <laughs> uh instagram um my thing is F and then underscore don who's uh very awesome. easy
0: yeah He's usually very, he's usually very interactive actually. So you'll most likely will get a good response from him at any point in time. So um, if you guys did enjoy this episode, Dom and I would gladly appreciate if you guys share it on Instagram, if you guys tag us on your stories uh, and leave us a five-star rating and review, obviously on Apple and Spotify, go subscribe to the podcast, use code SPEDA at Morphogen Nutrition to save you guys 10% off.
1: Other than that, we'll catch you guys for the next episode of the Noble Pursuit podcast.